0: your bible we're going to start in the book of colossians first colossians 3 and then we're going to go to ephesians chapter 5 colossians 3:18 colossians 3:18 wives submit to your own husbands as fitting to the lord Husbands love your wives and do not embitter do not be bitter towards them children obey your parents in all things for this is well pleasing to the lord fathers do not provoke your children lest they become discouraged and just turn a few pages back to ephesians chapter 5 starting with verse 23 or verse 22 Wives, submit to your own husbands as to the Lord. For the husband is the head of the wife, as also Christ is the head of the church. He is the Savior of the body. Therefore, just as the church is subject to Christ, so let wives be to their own husbands in everything. Husbands, love your wives, just as Christ also loved the church. And gave himself for her, that he might sanctify and cleanse her with the washing of the water by the word, that he might present her to himself a glorious church, not having spot or wrinkle or any such thing, but that she should be holy without blemish. So husbands ought to love their own wives as their own bodies. He who loves his wife loves himself, for no one ever hated his own flesh but nourishes and cherishes it just as the Lord does the church. For we are members of his body and of his flesh and of his bones. For this reason, a man shall leave his father and his mother and be joined to his wife, and the two shall become one flesh. This is a great mystery, but I speak concerning Christ and the church. Nevertheless, let each one of you in particular so love his own wife as himself and let the wife see that she respects her husband. Heavenly Father, I ask your blessing upon your word today <clears throat> that you will help the men of our church and especially the fathers. Lord, you have a word for our dads today, and I pray that they would be lifted up. I pray that they would be encouraged to serve you, and Lord, make us better fathers and better husbands as a result of being in this service today and hearing this message. In Jesus' name, and everyone said, amen. Amen. Ever since Jimmy was a little boy, he wanted to be just like his father. He idolized his father. But when he turned six years old, his father started drinking heavily. And his father became abusive, and his father became very abusive in his language towards little Jimmy, and pretty soon his father disappeared. As fate would have it, that same little boy Jimmy would grow up, and he would also become a father, but he would also become an alcoholic. And the very things that he hated about his father, he became Dads, I don't know about you today. I don't know what your background is. Maybe you had a great role model as a father, but but maybe you didn't. Maybe you you didn't have a a good father. And so you don't really know. You don't have, you don't have a model per se to follow. You're just kind of doing your best. I, I want to tell every father this today you do have a good, good father. And his name is God. Hallelujah. And he has not left you without a model. The scriptures give us a model and he can be seen not only in the epistles, he can be seen in the gospels. Amen. Our model is Jesus Christ. And I want to encourage every Christian man, you are not bound to repeat the sins of your father. But through Jesus Christ, we are new creatures. And we can chart a new lifestyle for us and for our family through Jesus Christ. Hallelujah! So I'm going to share with you a model. It is Jesus Christ. And I'm going to be sharing with you five things in just a moment. Five things. You can write this down in your notes. The Bible gives us a model To follow. Paul uses an interesting word to help us understand really the Father's role. He says that you are the head of your household, you are the authority. And when we think of head, when we think of maybe the source of a spring, it is also called the head the so the the source of a well is called the the head. When Ruthie and I were pastoring our last church in Wapakoneta, we for a while for three or four years we lived in a parsonage, and we had a a well at, at our house, and uh, that well happened to be in our in our basement, and. Uh, that is where the water came from. So when we were out in the yard, and we took a hose, and we were spraying water, if I were to ask you, where is the water coming from? You might say, well, it's coming from the nozzle. It's coming from the nozzle. And I would say, no, not really. And then, so you might follow the hose all the way back to the spigot, and you would say, well, it's coming from the house, right? It's coming from the house. That's where the water is coming from. And, well, yes, you'd be right, but it's actually coming out of a, a well, So dads, you are the head. You are the well where all of these things must come from so that you will be a good father to your family. I'm going to talk to you about five things. I want every man to hold up your hand and hold up five fingers. Okay? God is going to speak to you about five things today. You can write this in your notes. This is where it originates from This is where it originates from. All of this originates from the father. Number one is love. Number one is love. First, the husband is to love his wife with an unconditional love. This is the model that Christ has given us. Husbands, love your wife. Love your family as Christ loved the church and he gave himself for her. Wow, that's a deep love. That is a deep love. Jesus was not only willing to die for us, but Jesus did die for us. And men, we must love our wives so much that we would give our lives for them. But let's look at Christ's love, the Christ that he the love that he had. He ate with men, think about this. He ate with men that he knew would betray him and deny him. Wow. And he just kept discipling them. He kept leading them. Write this down. He fed them. He washed their feet while they were betraying and denying. Jesus was forgiving and dying for their sin. So how does that translate into our lives today? Letter A is serve. Letter A is serve. Husbands, don't expect your wife and kids to wait on you. Husbands, you need to lead the way in serving. You need to lead the way in serving. You need to lead your children by example. So dads, you don't just tell your children to do something. You model it for them. You model whatever you want them to do. You need to model it for them. They see you being the head servant. Is everybody with me? A lot of times when we hear that word head, um, we we just think it's the boss. It's the authority. Well, there's a lot that goes with that, dad. There's a lot of responsibility that goes with that. You don't just get to be the big boss, but you earn being the big boss, okay? And so you lead the way by serving. I, I was at a marriage conference marriage seminar and i remember the speaker saying husbands if you want to build a stronger bond with your wife then you you need to go go to your wife and just ask her what what chore does she absolutely hate and and do that for her as an act of love as an act of kindness and i remember thinking okay i'm going to ask ruthie okay so i got home ruthie tell me one chore and ruthie's great at keeping our house clean and everything's always perfect. And I said, Ruthie, what's one job that you hate to do that you would want me to do for you? And she said, clean the bathroom. And I said, is there there anything else? Is there anything else you don't, you know, that you hate to do? So I remember saying, okay, I am going to take it upon myself to clean the bathroom every week. Now, I expect my children to clean the bathroom. We have all four of our children. They have all had to clean the bathroom. But it was good that they had a father that they could also see cleaning the bathroom. I still clean the bathroom to this day. It's not something I grew out of, okay? Because it is an act of kindness to my wife. And it is an act of service to our God. Is everybody with me? You see, guys, listen. When when we're following God, what we're going to learn is that most of what we're learning in God's word is very practical. It's not way out there. It's not super mysterious and confusing. Most of what we learn is going to be very practical. Is everybody with me? So husbands, we're going to serve. Letter B is we're going to forgive. We're going to forgive them. Has your wife ever burned the dinner? Has your wife ever run out of gas? Has your wife ever forgot to do something very important? Pay a bill? Sometimes we as husbands get really bent out of shape over some things that are just little. That are just trivial. Is everybody with me? Husbands, we need to forgive our spouse. And we need to have a consistency in our life of forgiveness towards our spouse because sometimes some things are not so trivial. Some of you in this very room have been betrayed and denied. Maybe your spouse was even unfaithful and this tore you up. It destroyed you. It hurts so deeply. Jesus provided an example not because it was easy, not because the disciples deserved it, but because it was right. Write that down. Because it was right. And, and men, I want to say this to you. Things, God has asked us to do some things that are not easy. In fact, they could be humanly impossible at times. But Luke one thirty seven says this, With God, nothing is impossible. And what did we hear today through the message in tongues and interpretation? God wants to help us do this. God wants to give us strength, supernatural strength to follow him. And we can do this over and over again. The scriptures say we have to forgive. And it's not only our wife that we may have to forgive. It may be that guy at work. It may be a former employer. It may be someone else. Men, we've got to forgive. Jesus said, if we cannot forgive men, neither will our Father forgive our trespasses. So for our own good, for our relationship with God, men, for your own health, forgive. Let her see his sacrifice. Love your wives as Christ loved the church and gave himself for her. The biblical model presents a selfless husband and father. Dads, can we talk today? Let me talk to our dads. The time for you to take up the new golfing hobby is not when your kids are little. Okay? Okay? That is not the time to take up a new hobby. And dads, to take the time when your kids are little, to take that road job, whatever it may be, in sales, is not when your children are little. Now is the time for sacrifice. In fact, men, now is not your time at all. Now is the time to raise your children in the gospel. So for the next 10 to 15 years, men, you need to be near your wife. And you need to be near your children and you need to sacrifice. And listen, that should mean that not even your favorite television show should get in the way of you parenting your children. All of that needs to go to the back burner. If you're used to running around with the guys, it's time to come home. If you're going back to school, let me encourage you to get up early and stay up late because now is the time to be a daddy. Now's the time to be present. This is what life is all about, man. This is what it's all about. Sacrifice is what Christ did for us, and it is what he expects us to do. We are to follow in the footsteps of our Savior Jesus. Amen? Amen. Next, number two, is discipline. And we're going to read from 1 Samuel how important discipline is, men. 1 Samuel chapter 2. So Samuel is in the Old Testament. 1 Samuel chapter 2, verse 22 through 24. Now Eli, who was the high priest, was very old, and he heard everything that his sons did to Israel and how they lay with the women who assembled at the door of the tabernacle of meeting. So he said to them, why do you do such things? For I hear of your evil dealings, from all the people, no, my sons, for it is not a good report that I hear. For you make the Lord's people transgress. Let's look at 1 Samuel chapter 3, verse 13. A prophet came and had to speak to the high priest, Samuel. Excuse me, the high priest, Eli. And then, of course, the little boy, Samuel, gave his first prophecy to the high priest. Verse 13. For I have told him, God is saying, for I have told Eli that I will judge his house forever for the iniquity which he knows about, because his sons made themselves vile, but he did not restrain them. Fathers, we have the responsibility to discipline our children and raise them to fear God. We must Raise our children to fear the Lord. Eli, the high priest, knew his sons disobeyed God, yet he did not restrain them. God expected the father to stop the boys, the sons, from sinning. First Samuel 2.29 says that Eli honored his sons above God. Dad, we have received a command from the Lord to raise our children according to God's Word. Ephesians 6, 4 says this, Bring them up in the training and the admonition of the Lord. What this means is that we should instruct our children in God's Word, but also using God as authority. Write that down. Using God as our authority. So that as our children grow up, they know that sin affects us. And sin affects our relationship with the Father. So admonition of the Lord means this. It signifies the difference between teaching your child the difference between good works and then teaching them to fear God. Because one is eternal. Write that down. One is eternal. The other... Is temporal. See, here's what the world does, church. It says, Oh, teach your child, don't steal. That's a no no. Don't lie. That's bad. If you scratch your sister, you're going to leave an ouchie. Don't do that. And when you disobey your parents, that's embarrassing to us. You shouldn't do that. Parents, that is not sufficient reasoning. With your children, not as a Christian. We are to teach our children that when they disobey, they're sinning against God. Amen? That when our children steal, we, st- we should tell our children, stealing is a sin. It is a sin against God. God sees you when you steal something. Even though mom and daddy may not know, God can see all. And God will punish you. You must confess this as sin. Stealing is a sin. That's how we teach our children. We use the word of God. Parents, we say if your child is lying and lying and lying, lying you, you sit them down and you say, Honey, lying is one of the seven things that God hates. It is an abomination to the Lord. You cannot continue to lie. Revelation 21.8 says this. Lying is a sin punishable by death in the lake of fire. Honey, you don't want to keep doing that. You must stop lying. Scratching your sister is not obeying your parents. It is a sin against God. And yes, parents, the child should be disciplined. You should discipline them. But as I shared just a few weeks ago in the sermon, we have to teach our children how to pray and ask God for forgiveness. Amen? So write this down. We ask God to forgive us or the child forgive them. First John 1, 9 says, If we confess our sins, he is faithful and just to forgive us and cleanse us from all unrighteousness. You see, here's God's thought in discipline. God's thought in discipline is not how the world looks at it. We, we scream at our children. We go to your room. I'm going to beat the tar out of you. I remember my father saying that to me. I'm going to beat the tar out of you. I'm thinking, there's no tar in me, Daddy. I don't have tar in me. I'm tarless, you know. Uh, but you, know, we, you, know, you say things like that to your children. God, That's not God's intention. God's intention is that you discipline them. Yes, punish them how you see fit. According to the word of God, we should spank them then in their room, you pray with them. You pray with the child. Why? Because spanking doesn't take away our sins, church. I know it's a good tool. I know the scriptures say that we should discipline our children like that. But we can't leave out prayer. And we can't leave out the cross. Amen. And so when we discipline our children, we are praying with them so that they understand, I need my sins forgiven. Hallelujah! Praise the Lord. So God wants us to discipline our children. He doesn't want us to be like the priest Eli. And I want you to know that the scriptures leave us a record so that we can go back, we can study this. Some things are records of models that we should be Some records are models we should not be. Amen? The father is to provide encouragement. Number three is encouragement. Write that down. So let's return to this illustration of a a hose where the water comes from. It's going to start with dad. So the father is the source of love in the home. Loving his wife, loving his children. The father is the source of discipline. Moms, that doesn't mean you should not discipline. Mother, you should discipline. Mother, you should discipline. When the father is not around, you still have to pray with the child. Next, number three is encouragement. The father is going to bring encouragement. I want you to think of this thought. Thermostat or thermometer? Are you a thermostat or a thermometer a thermometer is going to read the temperature in the room okay the thermometer is going to read the temperature in in the room and this is dads this is what a lot of us do it is very natural to do this but we, we walk in, and, and, and let's say that it's been a bad day at home. It's the summertime, and the kids are there. And, and before you even walk in the house, you can hear shouting and breaking. And you're wondering, what is going on? And the kids are screaming, and, and you, you open the front door, and the water is, like, coming down the sink. And you're, what is going on? And he did it, Dad! Dad, you tell him! And you, you, you walk in, and you go... You're you're crazy. It's crazy in here. You're all crazy, right? Dads are reading the temperature in their house. What's going on? You're all crazy in here. So dads, you know, sometimes we, we can be like a thermostat. We can read the temperature in our home. Good job. Well, guess what? God did not create us to be thermometers. He created us to be like a thermostat, okay? God created us men to be like a thermostat. They possess the ability to change the environment. Write that down. The ability to change the environment. Your God-given role, Dad, is to adjust the atmosphere with encouragement and exhortation. That's what admonishment means. Listen, when brother or sister are fighting, and 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 the brother says to the sister, "You're so ugly. You are. Uh, you got a big nose." Dad, you should not step in and say to your son, "Listen, four eyes." That, that's, that's not how you do it, Dad. Okay, you don't just beat down the child with another. Uh, remark that's you know degrading them is everybody with me you don't that's not discipline that's not how we do it because all that does is aggravate and create more disruption in the house right so fathers we are to eliminate that type of behavior when our children begin to call each other names and degrade one another we say no that's unacceptable we don't do that in this house But fathers, on on another occasion, when it's not so crazy, you should be speaking to your children and infusing your home with a spirit of encouragement. Telling your children, you know, I am so proud of you. If your child says, Daddy, I want to take up an instrument, you say to them, okay, We, we believe that you can do anything, but are you willing to practice? Because if you practice hard, that's what it's going to take to play an instrument. And we believe in you. We believe that you can do this. You you infuse your home with encouragement. I remember teaching my son Jeffrey how to cut the lawn when he was eight years old. He couldn't even reach the top bar. He had to push the little second bar. Eight years old. And he cut the grass. And I remember walking out going, Oh, He goes, how does it look, Daddy? And I went, you cut the grass. You cut the grass. Good job. (laughs) It was like, (whistles) and I remember thinking, wow, I didn't think to, you know, tell him to cut it straight. Yeah. And it was just like, And so I had to teach him. And I said, you you see that tree there? Just head towards the tree. And I taught all of my children. All my girls mowed the lawn. I believe in hard work. And and you should too. Teach and train your children. And so I would encourage Jeffrey. Yes, I remember when Anna cut the grass and she hated it. And yes, your kids will hate it, by the way. Hard work, yes, kids hate. Okay, let them do it anyway. It's good for them. I remember Anna cutting the grass and her it was like she just the lines were just so beautiful so just wavy and you couldn't you couldn't do it if you tried and and, and I remember saying to Anna oh that's nice let me show you how to cut it straight <laughs> and 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 so I would say you see, you see this there was this little thing in our yard head towards that and and when you notice that your lines are all curvy like this then you, you shape up your line, and you cut maybe half, and, and you you make your line straight. You have to teach, and you have to train, and you have to infuse your home with encouragement. Is everybody with me? Dads, you are responsible for that. If your homes are crazy, you are responsible for that. But God has given you the ability to change the atmosphere, to season your home with encouragement. This is what God wants from you. Number five is financially. I'm running short on time here, so I'll just quote you. First Timothy 5, 8 says that if we do not care, that if we, he who does not care for his family or his children is worse than an infidel. In this day of divorce and remarriage, and in this day when people are having children, but they're not married, the church and and Christians are left with many questions. Well, God's word is clear. We are to financially provide for our families. We are to financially provide for our families. As a Christian father, your first allegiance is to God. Your allegiance first is to God. And his word says that we are to provide for our children. What does this mean? Well, let me just make it simple and practical. Make sure your child has enough to eat. Make sure that they have proper clothing. And let let me speak to dads. Again, now is the time. When I was talking a few moments ago about that golfing hobby or whatever hobby you would like to get into. Listen, while the kids are little, set that aside. There'll be enough time for all that. Set that aside. And also the time for you to be buying expensive things for yourself is not when your kids are little. Dad, you've got to learn to set that stuff aside to provide for your children. It's not your time. It is not your time. Don't be going out and buying yourself expensive stuff. Learn how to live within your means. Don't buy the the very, very best. Buy something mediocre. Because it's your responsibility to provide for those children. There are are some families that that are not married. And some dads may say, what is my responsibility? I'm not with the mom. You need to pray. Because it is your responsibility to raise that child. And be a part of their life. You need to pray that you can be part of their life. But it is surely your responsibility to support them financially. And you support them financially. That's God's way. And then you pray that God would let you into that child's life because they need a daddy. Amen, church? Those children need a daddy and it is our responsibility. Number five is authority. Write this down, authority. And this is boundaries. What is authority? Boundaries that protect us. A biblical father must provide authority in his home. Authority has been given to him from God at the very beginning in Genesis, and it is to be provided by example. So you have authority, father, right? You have authority. That means you can tell everybody what to do. But here's a caveat in that. You have to do it too. You have to provide the example. Letter A is the example. In order to train someone, first you must come to master certain skills. Romans 2, 1 says, You who teach another, do you not teach yourself? You who preach that a man should not steal, do you steal? So fathers, let's not be hypocrites if we teach our children something we must make sure that we are following the same command let's take our bibles and turn to deuteronomy chapter 11 deuteronomy chapter 11 we're going to read verses 18 through 21 Therefore, you shall lay up these words of mine in your heart and in your soul and bind them as a sign on your hand, and they shall be frontlets between your eyes. Verse 19, you shall teach them to your children, speaking of them when you sit in your house, when you walk by the way, when you lie down, when you rise up. You shall write them on the doorposts of your house and on your gates That your days and the days of your children may be multiplied in the land which the Lord your God swore, swore to give their fathers like the days of the heavens above the earth. Letter B is by training. By training. This means, Dad, that we are in the word of God ourselves. And then we are also Teaching and training and talking about the Bible as the kids get up in the morning, when they go to bed at night, when we're in the minivan going to practice. We are talking about God's Word. And a tool that I want to tell you about today is actually made by Pastor Matt Anderson, our our pastor who ministers to 440 on Tuesdays. He has put together a family altar... A family devotion. It's in your bulletin. Information is in your bulletin. And I've printed out this family altar. So dads, if you want to stop by, this, there's a table when you leave today right over here to the left. So be your... Yeah, when you leave, it'll be your left. There's a table out there and I've printed out stuff so you can see Pastor Matt made up a study for parents, a study for teenagers, a study for students. Those are younger than teenagers, so that they can, you can study all the same thing, and then he's written a family altar when you can bring your family together on whatever day you choose. You can do it on Monday night. You can do it on Thursday night. You can do it on Saturday afternoon, but that way you, as the head of your household, can provide family altar for your children. We've printed everything out for you. You can look at it. Pastor Matt You can said you can go on the website. You can try this. For free, for a couple weeks, I highly suggest it. If there are enough people in the church, apparently we can do it as a church. I would love to provide that as a church for you. But men and dads, this is a practical way to be obedient to Deuteronomy 11. Next, a father should say, I'm sorry. Will you forgive me? A father a christian father will say i'm sorry will you forgive me dad's it is not it is not good when you cannot admit, admit that you're wrong and a lot of times i think that's old school thinking where the father has to act like he didn't do ever do anything wrong and the kids fully know that you did dad you've messed up fathers need to say to their children i'm sorry Dad blew it. Will you forgive me? Your authority will go so much further, Father, if you can model that to your children. Believe me, you expect them to say they're sorry. Say you're sorry to your brother. Say you're sorry to your mother, right? We have to model it to our children. And Exodus 20:12 reminds us that our days, that our days may be long upon the land, which the Lord our God is giving us. Dad, you've been given a great responsibility. Yet, as you seek to honor God, not only are you going to be fulfilled, but your wife is going to be cherished and loved. And your children will have the privilege of starting their marriage and their family not with a bunch of excess baggage, but with love and encouragement, with purity. And holiness, Men, let's work hard to remain faithful to our God through daily prayer and Bible study and godly living. Remember this, you are the head. That means you are the source of love, discipline, encouragement, provision is the blank, provision and authority. Let me share with you how we're going to end today. I, I want to pray over our men. And I also want to pray over our fathers so